Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Katie F and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, March 14, 2017. Today we are reading from the big book, Bill's story, and we are at page 14, the second paragraph. Today's readers are Lorraine W on the 12 steps, Diane G on the 12 traditions, and the readers of the text are Rachel W, Allison L, and Aridi M. The reference numbers for Monday, March 13th, are for the 7 a.m. Eastern meeting, 9716, and for the 10 a.m. Eastern meeting, 9717. That's 9716 and 9717. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Lorraine W. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Lorraine W., Recovering Compulsive Overeater. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Again, good morning. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. 
Thank you, Lorraine W. I will now ask Diane G. to read the 12 Traditions. Hi, good morning. This is Diane G. from New Hampshire, the 12 Traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or run the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise left of problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards our committee is directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Diane G. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overreaders only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To to share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book, chapter one on page 14, paragraph two. I will ask Rachel W. to begin reading, and she will be reading three paragraphs. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. And good morning, everyone. This is Rachel W., Recovered Compulsive Reader calling from New York. These were revolutionary and drastic proposals, but the moment I fully accepted them, the effect was electric. There was a sense of victory followed by such a peace and serenity as I'd never known. There was utter confidence. I felt lifted up as though the great clean wind of a mountaintop blew through and through. God comes to most men gradually, but his impact on me was sudden and profound. For a moment, I was alarmed and called my friend, the doctor, 
to ask if I were still sane. He listened in wonder and as I talked. Finally, he shook his head saying, something has happened to you I don't understand, but you had better hang on to it. Anything is better than the way you were. The good doctor now sees many men who have such experiences and he knows that they are real. So good morning again. Once again, reading these paragraphs, is, the way this uh, text is laid out is really so beautiful and um, so much here. Um, but the word that I'm kind of hooked on is the sense of victory, um, because that word victory, you know, that, that word victory is in our, our third step prayer. And, um, and, and um, you know, what are we discussing? We're saying we, we need to fully accept these drastic proposals. Well, and where, did, where does the sense of victory come from for me? You know, and this is, again, a, a time when I, I had to realize that my issue wasn't really, you know, yeah, food. I had to get the food under control, not me, but with a guide of a sponsor, my higher power, getting the food under control. But it was so much more than that. It was this, my issue was so much more than just about the food. And when I, uh, and over the years, if I've, as I've said, the third step prayer, I've come to such a new realization for myself that, you know, I say, God, I offer myself to you to build me with me and to do with me as you will and relieve me of the bondage of myself, you know, and that's why, that's why there's such a feeling of when, I, when, that, when that self is removed, when I really feel that God has removed this bondage of self, it does feel as cleansing as that great wind on top of a mountain. You know, it doesn't mean I'm on a mountaintop myself. It means that I can, that wind, that crisp wind that blows through, um, it is a, a cleansing win. The other night I was on my porch and I, it, it hit me, you know, that, that it's interesting reading it now because I just had this experience um, outside on my deck the other night. It's a winter night, but the cool air was tolerable. and I could feel that it, there was a sense of, of peace there. There was like a cleansing when I was like standing there feeling this wind. And, and, um, but what do I say in step three? I say take away my difficulties, that, um, that victory of there may be a witness to those I would help of your power, the victory, my, my difficulty, you know, my, my main difficulty in life is really just one thing. It's not really difficulties, but it's an acceptance thing. Um, I have an issue accepting things. My problem is that I don't accept things very well. And it used to be that when I don't accept, didn't accept them, I would eat. And today my main difficulty is an acceptance. So I just pray for God to take away these difficulties, this difficulty of my non-acceptance, that, that victory over what I'm going through, which is really not even, not even that, it, the, that the, there was a solution to the issue, but rather that I have it, I'm, I'm different. I'm different. I have an entirely new atti- attitude. I'm peaceful and serene. And, and, and then guess what? I can go out. Am I, the victory over them uh, may bear witness over those I would help of your power. I, it's not about me anymore. And this, this whole feeling of the serenity and of the peace and of the, of, you know, the analysis later on the idea, and I'm going to end with this, but the idea that he can't, he, he, the doctor doesn't understand, but just keep doing it anyway. This is something we can't explain. You know, the idea that we take these steps, we do these actions and they really work and that there's something else at play that, that God is in these steps. There's a higher power in these steps that, um, that is making everything you know, work the way they do. And it's just so, it's really is a miraculous process. And, and it's an amazing how we end up in this place where we could be so useful to each other um, as long as we just put ourselves into service and make it, you know, not about me. So thank you for allowing me to share and I pass. Thank you so much, Rachel. Okay, who would like to share on these paragraphs? Harlan G. Harlan G. Tina S. Tina S. I couldn't hear you repeat which paragraphs we're sharing on. 
Yes, we're on page 14, the second paragraph, reading through three paragraphs. Okay, I have Harlan G, Larry K, Tina S. Irini. Irini, Irini, uh-huh. Nancy H. Nancy H. Okay, well, let's go with those five, and then we'll see who else is out there. Okay, Harlan G, you're up, followed by Larry K. Okay. There's someone trying to say something. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. Harlan G., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona, and thank you to Team Tuesday for making this meeting possible. Thank you for your service, one and all. What we are seeing here is history. What we are seeing here is not just revolutionary, but of the utmost importance. He is in the hospital. It is now the 14th of December, 1934. When he talks about the revolutionary and drastic proposals, he is talking about the five of six tenets of the Oxford Group movement, uh, and he has now taken what we will know as the first 11 steps of the 12-step program of Alcoholics Anonymous. And when he says there is a sense of victory followed by such a peace and serenity as I had never known, there was utter confidence. Confidence in himself? No. He knew that he couldn't do this. But the confidence is coming because he knows that his higher power can and will if he are, is sought. The fight is over on the 14th of December, 1934. Bill is done fighting alcohol the reason he's done fighting alcohol is because he is taking the steps. He says he, feel, he felt lifted up as though the great clean wind of a mountaintop blew through and through. Grandpa Wilson was an alcoholic. Grandpa Wilson went up to Mount Elias in East Dorset, Vermont, and had a profound, sudden, spiritual experience and when we get to Appendix 2 on page 567, which we won't get to until the next chapter, but when we get to it, <clears throat> we're going to see the profound difference between a spiritual experience and a spiritual awakening as the result of the steps. We hear over and over again how the first 164 pages were never changed. That's not true. They changed Step 12 from having a spiritual experience having had a spiritual awakening, and we'll get to that when we get to uh, Appendix 2. But God comes to most men gradually, but his impact on me was sudden and profound. Bill is in his room, and he feels the white light come into the room. He sees a white light come in. He has a sudden and profound spiritual experience. He calls Dr. Silkworth, and Silkworth could have said to him, my friend, you're hallucinating, you're crazy, go back to bed. Here, I'll give you something that will help you sleep. You're nuts, go back to bed. But Silkworth was too good of a man for that. And he saw the difference in Bill. And he says to him, no, something has happened to you I don't understand, but you had better hang on to it. Anything is better than the way you were. He knew Bill. The good doctor now sees many men who have had such experiences. He knows they are real. And Silkworth had respect for what had happened to Bill, and he was supportive of it. He was supportive of the fact that Bill had found a solution 
and that Bill was not drinking and was doing so happily. This is history. Tomorrow we're going to talk about step 12, so don't miss it. Same bat time, same bat channel tomorrow. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you very much. Thank you, Harlan. Larry Kay, you're up, followed by Tina S. Good morning, Katie, and thank you for your service. Larry Kay, Recovered Compulsible Reader from Chicago. You know, one of the things that it's interesting, Bill W. Um, talked about, he said that AA is nothing more than capitalized grief. You know, as a group, you know, OA, our group here, is nothing more than capitalized grief. In other words, as a group, we've, we've cashed in on our misfortune. I mean, how extraordinary is that to cash in on our misfortune collectively? You know, to be revolutionary, we go through a dramatic, comprehensive, sweeping change in our thinking, our ideas, and, and then ultimately our, our actions will follow that prevailing thinking. Sudden and profound spiritual experience are gradual. You know, how does it come to you? What's the difference? You know, for me, we, we all get to the same place. Mine was not sudden and profound. I, I wish it would have been at the time. But looking back, it's kind of like, um, you know, uh, when you graduate, let's say, from college. You know, your GPA, your grade point average matters a whole lot to you when you're 18 or 19 or 20. Nobody cares later. Nobody's asking me what my GPA was <laughs> in my 50s. And you know what, nobody cares, you know, how I came about. Was it sudden and profound as though that's going to make it more real or was it gradual? If they asked me, I'd tell you it was gradual. It didn't happen right away. So with Bill, it, it, it was more sudden and profound. Here's one of the things, though, I want to draw our attention to, draw my attention to this morning. So two or three days after Bill is admitted into the hospital, on December 11th, 1934, he has a spiritual experience as a result of, of working, you know, these, these steps immediately and quickly. And, and if he, he worked them in a few days. You know, and, and Harlan talked about the six tenets. That's what, you know, was the, became, later became our 12 steps. And he then talks with his doctor about what happened to him on December 14th, and he's released from the hospital on the afternoon of December 18th. Now, you know, it says, if you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you're ready to take certain steps. I'd like to suggest to you that they are taking, they're talking about, you know, 12 certain steps, and, and we see why. You know, some say that we stay within these, these steps for a year or more, you know, but that's not true. I'm reminded that Bill was only sober about seven months and Dr. Bob only 18 days sober when they carried the message to Bill D in the hospital in uh, Akron. We, we move on these things rapidly. God, God effectuates the spiritual awakening. I have nothing to do with that. I just, I just chop my wood, carry my water, and I, I take these steps every day. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Tina S., you're up, followed by Idini. Thanks, Katie. Uh, Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, Anorexic in Florida, Florida, Florida. Uh, 
uh, great shares, guys. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I, I'm so grateful that you know, and it was shared that the tenets of the Oxford Group had evolved into the 12 Steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, which is the solution solution for me today and many other people. And you know, what I got from this was that revolutionary and drastic proposals. You know, these are some things that I did not want to do, and I'm so grateful that I continue to do. You know, I, I like was shared had the experience of God coming to me gradually through a spiritual awakening. But what I can tell you, and it just was shared that, you know, once I gave up the fight, the steps that I took were pretty quick, you know, because I was ready to move on. You know, I had this overwhelming urge to get what they had, you know, so I was really ready to do what everybody was doing that had this thing. And, and you know, and, and it was it was amazing to me, but the people that had known me, because, you know, especially through, and I, and I just have to say this because this is my story. You know, I came in through Alcoholics Anonymous, but what happened to me through the process of staying in Overeaters Anonymous is profound. And, and the people in AA saw that, you know, because even though I was sober, I had this eating thing that kept me um, blocked. And so what happened was people kept telling me how different, not that I looked, I mean, I did look different because I, you know, I had to gain some weight, but how I acted, you know, and they kept encouraging me and they were amazed. And then I became, then I became aware that, that this profound thing was happening. And through that, you know, the only way I can keep this, that today is that I have to give this thing away. You know, I have to give it away one day at a time and I have to continue to do the deal. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina S. Okay, Adini, you're up, followed by Nancy H. Thank you, Katie, for your service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Adini M. from New York, and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God, always giving credit where credit is due. This is how we change. The moment I fully accepted them, this is about change, making that decision. And once he made that decision to completely and totally 100% accept what was given to him so he can be transformed, once he was willing to do exactly what he was told to do, totally let go, then he was open to receive the blessings of God the gift that will change not only his life, but my life and your life. And then he changed, he changed history for all addicts with that decision that he made. Now, how powerful is that and how beautiful is that? No more fighting, no more resisting. His state of being was changed right then and there from restless, irritable, and discontent, all was lifted from him to a state of peace and serenity. He was totally, completely confident. His heart was washed clean. This was Bill's spiritual experience. And I, too, with Bill, made that decision to change, but it took over a lot more time. I had a spiritual awakening. I, too, did what I was told to do. I, too, accepted completely 
what was given to me in order for me to have this transformation of my mind all was lifted and washed for me as I too have a clean heart. Thank you, God. Standing on his confidence. I never had confidence. I could have never spoken on this line. But I stand on his confidence. He carries me. And I stand on his foundation. And my daily spiritual growth continues to keep my clean heart. That is my part. And to keep and, and God keeps his promise because underneath where I stand, which is God's foundation, is my quicksand. If I dare, if I even dare slack at it, I will end up where I was. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Adini. Okay, Nancy H., you're up, and then we'll open it up for more shares. Hi, this is Nancy H. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Thank you. Great. Um, I'm relatively new to calling. Uh, I mean, I've been calling in every day, but I haven't spoken. Um, actually, I think I did speak once. But anyway, I'm really super, super grateful and thankful to everybody that lets this meeting keep coming um, and going going on. I am recovering still. Um, I've had some abstinence from sugar, and I've been working the steps about up to step 11 with my sponsor reading the big book. And she, even I met her in a face-to-face meeting, she kept saying, you have to listen to this vision for you. You have to, you have to. And of course I resisted and resisted. Now I've been listening to it for about a month, I think, and it's just fantastic. And like a previous caller, I also came in through AA and had 30 years of sobriety, um, but never worked the steps in this way. So um, this big book meeting has really opened my eyes and my heart, and I'm working with others in a way that I never did before, even in my other programs, and I'm excited to reach the end of um, the step 12 with my current sponsor in OA so that I can help other um, compulsive overeaters. So you guys really have something here, and I'm so, so grateful, and thank you for your service this morning. I pass. Thank you, Nancy. Okay, who else would like to share? Um, We are on page 14. We started with the second paragraph. These were revolutionary and drastic proposals. Reading through paragraphs, three paragraphs ending with, he knows that they are real. Who would like to share on those paragraphs? Nancy R. Nancy R. Nancy R. Melissa C. Melissa C. Bata O. I'm going to share. Can Melissa C, Vasa O, Nancy R, Nessa R, who else? Monica T. Monica T. Barbara E. Barbara E. Marzi. Marzi. Okay, thank you. Let's go with those. And um, you will be first, Nancy R., followed by Nessa R. Okay, okay, okay. Thank you. Can you hear me now? I can. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for your service. And thank you to everyone who has uh, shared this morning. 
you know, you know, periodically um, I get reminders about the severity of my disease, uh, of this disease. I got a phone call last night from a coworker who uh, told me a, a coworker's husband, a former coworker's husband, uh, had died, and she went out, and so you know, of course, I asked what happened. And she went on to describe how heavy he had gotten. He just kept kept getting bigger and bigger, and and uh, and she said, "But you, Nancy, when you," she said, "You kept that weight off, girl. You kept that weight off of you." And uh, you know, I was really saddened because to people who are not in the um, fellowship really don't understand. She was saying how his wife tried to stop him from eating certain things, but he just kept on. He wouldn't stop. He just kept on. And so, you know, uh, those who are not those who are not afflicted with this illness don't, you know, seem to think it's something that people uh, can just stop doing. And, uh, you know, if I could have just stopped, God knows I would have a long time ago. This this uh, disease is real, and even though compulsive reading might not be on the death certificate, or it doesn't appear on death certificates. Uh, there are other. Uh, medical terms that are used, uh, we all know uh, the real culprit is this disease. Um, when I was growing up, I was exposed to people who who stated that they had those kinds of experiences. And to me, they, they were really frightening. I didn't want to meet God. You know, I, I, I didn't want any uh, supernatural experiences. And so... Uh, uh, I, I definitely wasn't interested in in lightning striking, lightning striking, and clouds rolling, and you know thunder rolling, and all kinds of mystical kinds of things happening. I, I, I was afraid of that kind of experience, the way I'd heard it described. And, uh, and you know, as I grew and began to uh, come into a knowledge of a higher power, uh, I recognized that. Um, all of that wasn't necessary, but still, and, and I thought I had um, a, a relationship with God, but it was uh, it wasn't a parallel. Today, my relationship is a parallel one. Uh, then it was definitely vertical. God was up high, and I was down here, uh, you know, waiting on God to do spectacular, miraculous things that I that I wanted God to do. But as the book said, God has come to me um, in a gradual, very gradual. As I work these steps and as I have experienced the miracle of, re- of recovery and as I've uh, gotten uh, a working relationship with God, I'm really grateful for it. I'm, I'm grateful for the peace. He talks about the peace and serenity. You know, for me, I, I, I thought, you know, God would... Um, Relieve me of any problems. That's what I really thought was a problem-free life. But today, regardless of what happens, I was wrestling with something over the weekend and talked with my sponsor about it, and she asked me, is your God big enough to handle that, Nancy? And immediately, you know, a smile came across my face. I said, yes, yes, my God is. So I'm really grateful um, for the 12 Steps that I have entered into, have been able to enter into a relationship with God that works for me. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much, Nancy R. Okay, Nessa R., you're up, followed by Melissa C. Hi, this is Nessa R. You, did you call on me? I was unmuting, so I'm not sure. 
Yes, I did. Go ahead. Thank oh, beautiful. Uh, okay, so this is uh, Nessa R., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in uh, Toronto, Canada. So I had read these passages so many times. You know, God comes to most men gradually, but his impact on me was sudden and profound. And I never focused on the first part. I always focused on the second part. And I wondered for a long time, like, why has God not removed my food obsession? And I hadn't done anything. I hadn't even put down the food, you know. And I, I find um, that I was not alone in that, in that misconception, you know. Um, I see lots of people who adopt some... Uh, I know some modicum of a, of a food plan, and expect the obsession to be removed, and that was the case for me. You know, my first uh, food plan, my first food plans for the first nine years of my tenure in OA, didn't entirely get rid of my my binge foods, my binge ingredients, and yet I was expecting this transformation. You know, literally, I was expecting God to remove the full obsession while I was still stuffing the food in my, in my, in my mouth. Um, and of course, it didn't happen that way. Um, you know, my, my spiritual experience, awakening, whatever, was a gradual one. And that's what he says here. God comes to most men gradually. And for me, it happened after I adopted a food plan, uh, the food plan that was given to me by my sponsor, that eliminated just about everything that trigger me um you know i was entirely abstinent and then i i I worked the steps and in the big book it says um um, in step five that now we begin to have a spiritual experience or now we begin to have a spiritual awakening so for me you know um this uh presence of god i didn't start to feel it till step five and it makes perfect sense to me that that now knowing what i know and learning what i have learned uh, it makes perfect sense because, you know, when I first came into the rooms, um, I was blocked from God, firstly by the food, which is another higher power um, uh, with, um, uh, whom I was serving. And then once I put the food down, then I was blocked by myself. And so after done step four and five, I begin to remove my myself, the self, um, and so I start to remove the second blockage. And so it makes sense that I start to feel the presence of God then. But it didn't really happen until after um, I had worked all the steps one through nine and started practicing, you know, uh, these principles in all my affairs doing a regular step tens, uh, that I really was awakened to, to God's presence in my life. And as it says in uh, the tens that promises, you know, the food obsession was left that I was placed in a position of, of neutrality around the food, safe and protected. Um, but for years, I believed that it had to happen like it happened for Bill. And um, that wasn't my case, but it did happen. And that's, that's the main point of it. It did happen after I did what I had to do, what many others uh, had done, which is get rid of the triggers entirely and work these steps that awakened me to a brand new experience and a wonderful life. And I pass. Thank you, Nessa R. Okay, Melissa C., you're up, followed by Vasa O. Hi, good morning. It's Melissa C., recovered compulsive overeater in New York. Um, you know, so 
something has happened to me. Um, you know, it wasn't sudden. Um, it was gradual. I, I did certain things, um, even things I didn't want to do. You know, didn't think it was even related to my problem of food and weight. Um, but I did it anyway because I had the desperation and the seeds of hope. And so, you know, even though I didn't want or like all of the work um, I needed to do, you know, the work that I needed to do, I saw that I needed to do it just the same. And, you know, I let go of logic and my ineffective belief systems. And, um, you know, I adopted a whole new belief system. And what was once logical, you know, miraculously became clearly illogical. And what I thought was hokey, you know, and almost cult-like and silly, because that's how it appeared at first, um, that became my daily practice. You know, I practiced a whole new set of daily rituals and actions, and I stopped practicing the behaviors and rituals that were killing me. You know, the daily ritual of running to Dunkin' Donuts to fill up on greasy sugar, and, you know, even the ritual of reconnecting with my family at night um, by eating on the couch. You know, I let go of practicing self-pity, jealousy, fear, et cetera, um, you know, all those things. And, um, you know, when we change what we practice, um, when we change what we think and what we do and believe, you know, guess what? We change, you know. And um, some days I am alarmed. You know, I know my family, um, my coworkers, my friends, they, they're they alarmed at the change in me. You know, yeah, they focus on the physical at first, but it's way deeper than physical weight loss. You know, I'm different today. And, I don't always understand it, you know, and, and just like the doctor had said to Bill, um, you better hold on to it, you know. And, and so, yeah, I better hold on to it. And so for me, this is why, you know, I'm here, like why I'm on the phone every day. Um, this is my part of my daily ritual, my daily practice so that I can hold on to this. You know, I want to hang on to this. I, I'm willing to do whatever is necessary. And, you know, we're told how to hang on to it. It's it's through service, you know. So um, getting up and speaking, um, you know, on a snowy morning, part of me would like to roll back over and go to bed, but I know that this is um, what I need to do so that I can be recovered. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa. Okay, Boss O, you're up, followed by Monica T. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Boss, a grateful recover compulsive way to call from... Florida, and uh, it uh, it talks in the back of the big book uh, on page 569 about the spiritual experience and how God comes to some of us, some gradually, and some have some have that um, right away experience. And uh, I can relate with Bill's story and how on December 1434, I think he had that sudden spiritual experience. Uh, and that happened to me. I was done fighting my food addiction, and um, it happened for me October 25, 1986. I was, you know, I was so desperate. I was just so much in pain and suffering, and I was really ready. You know, I told my sponsor I was ready and willing to surrender because I just knew if I continued doing what I was doing, I was just going to die. So I did surrender to God, my higher power, on that, on that night coming home from my first meeting. 
and um, and I was ready. I I can't. He can. I will let him hundred percent. And I did have that sudden spiritual experience. It was just. I felt like it was like electrical going through my head to my heart, and um, it was just amazing. You know, I felt this joy that that came over me. I felt like the weight was just lifted of me, and uh, I had that I had that sudden um, spiritual experience. I didn't even know. I didn't expect. I didn't know what had happened to me. I just took the risk and I did it. I wish I had done it many, many years before that, but I did not know or I probably didn't believe and I could not. It's just for a moment I was alarmed and I called my friend, the doctor, to ask if I, if I were still sane. He listened and one, uh, listened in wonder as I, I talked. Finally, he sh- and I'm talking to my sponsors, I'm reading this. Finally, he shook his head. My sponsor shook her head, and something has happened to you. I don't understand, but you can better hang on it. Anything is better than the way you were. And exactly, this is what my sponsor told me. She read. See, I wasn't reading the big book. She read, and she understood what happened to me, and that was exactly what I heard from her. And it was a miracle for me. But that was that brought me, kept on bringing me back to the 12 steps. You know, it gave me hope, and the solution was there. Sometimes I said, "Oh, if I didn't have the spiritual experience, maybe I wouldn't have come back. I wouldn't have had the patience, probably waiting for those things to happen." And then I've had many, many, many more spiritual um, um, awakenings as I've been working through the steps. And I'm just so grateful I've stuck with it. And uh, my relationship with my higher power is number one today. And then everything comes after that. Thank you for letting me share that pass. Thank you so much, Vasa. Monica T., you're up, followed by Barbara E. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica T., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Florida. So here we are in Bill's story. And Bill's in the hospital. He's been there about 72 hours, and he's been working through the steps, through the tenants, the Oxford tenants, with his, with uh, his sponsor Abby. And he's been promised that if he do these things, that there he's going to have a new relationship with God. And he's and he says, you know, these were revolutionary. You know, revolutionary is an extreme change and drastic proposals, drastic, extreme proposals, suggestions suggestions you know well it's suggested if you're going to jump out of an airplane monica you use a a parachute but the moment i fully accepted him the effect was electric so he's telling us here about his spiritual his sudden spiritual bright light clean wind experience he had in a hospital you know the sudden sudden experience and he goes for a moment i was alarmed and called my friend I'd be alarmed, too, here. This guy had been in a hospital just 72 hours. Remember a few paragraphs? He was showing signs of delirium tremens. He had to have wondered, oh, my God, am I hallucinating here? Am I having delirium tremens? So he calls Dr. Silkworth in, and Dr. Silkworth says, what? I don't, you know, you better hang on here. Something's happened to you. Um, and I was just thinking, well, I was hearing this read. I was alarmed. 
For a moment, I was alarmed and called my friend. You know what? I was pretty darn alarmed when I walked into OA. And I heard other people talking. And and talking about recovery and the changes and, and all that would happen, you know. And it was it was suggested. If you want what we have, do the work, Monica. That means work the steps. You know, and my awakening has been... Um, was a gradual awakening, you know? And did I accept all of the proposals in the beginning? Yeah, you know, there was still a lot of claw marks, but I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, if you know, be willing to do the work, do the work. And as a result of doing the work, the change came about for me. And uh, yeah, there was claw marks along the way, but you know what? I wanted what these people had. And so I kept at it. And thank you, God, Step 12, as a result of having the, doing this work, there's been a spiritual awakening. And I thank everyone. With that, I pass. Thank you, Monica T. Okay, Barbara E., you're up, followed by Maura Z. Good morning, everyone. This is Barbara E. from New Jersey. Thank you so much for all of your shares. For me, this is definitely not... Um, I was so glad to hear, let me start off by saying that this is not a religious um, program, it's a spiritual program, because I, without hearing that, I don't know if I could have accepted and kept coming back to OA. Um, I'm relieved to hear uh, that some of you had those claw marks in and took it slowly. This has certainly been a gradual process for me. More than gradual. My bus is definitely in the granny lane, and I am a granny. But what I want is to continually live in steps 10 and 12 every single day, not once in a while. When something happens happens during the course of the day that affects me in a negative way, bringing out my character defects, I want to remember to pause, pray, and then instead of engaging in any negative action or behavior, do the exact opposite. If I am angry, remain calm. If I want to um, weigh myself every single day as a way of validating that, yes, I am that person at normal weight, I want to remember to trust. I want to remember to stop pause, pray, say bless them and save me. And by coming to uh, this meeting every single day, I can feel myself gradually evolving, stopping and saying, do I really want to say that sarcastic remark that is not helpful to my son who lives with us or my husband who hears it? What can I say that can be kind? Because even though I've tried to explain that sarcasm can be humorous and it can be malicious, sometimes it's hard to separate them. And that's what I'm learning, to pause, pray, listen, and listen some more and just hope that today can be a day when I do not engage in any of my negative character defects that seem to be so many and overwhelming. That's where I'm at today, and I thank you all for everything 
that you have said and done today and that so many of you have said that it was a slow, gradual, not sudden, electric experience because that's certainly what it's been for me. Take care. Stay inside if it's snowing where you are. Thank you. And I pass. Thank you, Barbara. Maura Z, you're up. Thank you, Katie F. Maura Z, recovered in Virginia. These were revolutionary and drastic proposals. They were so revolutionary and so drastic. My life before programs was chaos, was pain, was anger. Um, there was a facade of happiness. And I was very comfortable sitting in that crap. And doing the steps for me were completely foreign, absolutely foreign. I had no idea what I was getting into. They talk about, it talks, Bill talks about a sense of victory followed by, excuse me, a peace and serenity I had never known. I don't know if I can say a sense of victory, but I do know that once I finally worked with a 12-step big book sponsor and worked rigorously, honest, honestly, and thoroughly through these steps in order, I do know that the peace and serenity that came over me when I got to um, realize that I was neutral around the food and that the food was never my issue, was never my problem, what had been had become my solution. Um, the peace and serenity that comes from working these steps is is well, he said it best, you know, as I had never known. There was a complete 180 in how my brain worked. There was a complete reorganization of my thoughts, my reactions to situations, my reactions to people um, in every sense of the word. And the, the peace and serenity that I have today as the result of working these 12 steps is nothing short of miraculous. I have been changed. I have been reborn. In this season of spring, where things are poking their heads through the ground, and, you know, life is becoming um, more and more um, visible. And Katie, I forgot to time myself. I apologize. Um, You're just about done. These are the... These are, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. These are, um, these are beautiful days. And I live them every day taking none for granted and just living in gratitude because he has done for me what I could not do for myself. And along with you all on the line, my life is new and reborn. And I do have peace and serenity. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Katie. 
Thank you. And uh, is there anybody? We have time for two two-minute shares. This is Betty W. from Fayetteville, New York. Renee C. Okay, Betty W. and Renee C. Hi. Um, thank you again for this wonderful meeting. Um, I'd like to focus on two words and a phrase. The phrase first is, for a moment I was alarmed and called my friend the doctor to ask if I was still sane. When I first came into um, OA uh, and admitted that I was powerless over food, that my life had become unmanageable, and the second step came to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity, I was... Uh, I couldn't believe the word powerless, but then I was so angry at the word insanity. And, of course, today I realize how insane I was when I pick up, and, and even still, if I pick up anything and it becomes addictive to me um, because I can't focus on anyone or anything except um, the thing that I'm addicted to, whether it's too much TV whether it's my pride, whatever it is. And so, um, you know, I can go back to that insanity with food um, uh, if I want to, but I never want to. And the way for me to want to keep my abstinence is um, working the 12 steps every day. Um, and that means with my behavior and my um, my thoughts, my words, and... Um, and my actions, um, and which is my behavior. <laughs> um, but the two words I would like to focus on uh, in addition are victory and bondage. Uh, you know, when I visualize bondage, it's a person who's, uh, or myself, completely wrapped up in, in uh, tape, and my mouth is wrapped up in tape. And all I can think about with, and I'm tied to a chair, and all I can think about is the food. Not getting free, uh, not, you know, how can I help somebody else? Are they tied up? No, it's all about me, and it's all about the food. But when I picture victory, um, it's, it's freedom. Because without, without freedom, I'm not victorious over anything. And so I was really enslaved to the food, and that's how the big book um, talks about, um, uh, 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 well, I'm sorry, that's how the dictionary talks about enslaved. It's servitude, which is non-voluntary. And because I have this disease, uh, it is not, I'm, I cannot um, choose whether to pick up sugar or flour or any of my alcoholic foods. I cannot touch those because I become bound up or enslaved involuntarily because of this disease. And I'm so grateful to A Vision for You because if it wasn't for this, I didn't understand. I knew I had a disease, but I didn't understand what that meant. You know, uh, I, when I came into OA, they explained it was a threefold disease, emotional, physical, and spiritual, which it is, but it didn't explain to me that I had a why I had a disease. It wasn't until... I start reading the big book with my sponsor and with this meeting that I came to understand that I have an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind. And that explained to me why I couldn't and why I can't pick up my alcoholic foods. And I can't thank you enough, and with that I'll pass, and wish all everyone a safe um, 
abstinent day. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I'm sorry, but um, the last person who was going to share, we are out of time. So I would like to thank everyone who has shared. And the share ID for today, Tuesday, on March 14th, is 9721. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the bid book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Allison L. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, thank you. Good morning. This is Allison L., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Ohio. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who's still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.